Yeah, would you like that? Hmm? Oh, I made a sugar and spice and everything nice. A Are little you? dash of anxiety, and, uh, and I'll throw down if necessary. A dash? Want a party? I'm Dustin Harder, and this is Keep On Cooking. Hello, and welcome to Keep On Cooking, the podcast dedicated to plant based cookbooks and the authors who wrote those cookbooks. Thank you for tuning in this week. Hey, if I lived in a cupboard under the stairs like Harry Potter, I'd still make room for you in my life, David. I'm here with my husband and producer of the podcast, David Rossetti. How are you, my dear? I am great now that you had a Harry Potter reference. I thought you might like that. I thought you might know that I would like that. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, David's been trying to get me into Harry Potter for ever, and I, I'm i not into it. I know. I know. Well, it's all right. We can't all be perfect. We, I um, guess that's right. How are you, dear? Oh, honey, living, high-fiving. It's 2021. First recording in 2021. Oh, my 2020. It's been real. Uh, We just watched, there's a special on uh, a prime video called Yearly Departed with female comedians, and it was pretty good. It was was very funny. Yeah, we watched it last night. Sarah Silverman, Tiffany Haddish, uh, several, several people. Very good. And then share with us your, share with us your thoughts. At the very end, they kind of release some kind of cinema magic. It's pretty. Oh, they showed you how they like how they filmed made it, it, sort of like all social because distance they did it very and safe safely. and everything, and how they dropped everybody in. But it's and, pretty crazy. Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was great. So it's called Yearly Departed. It's on uh, Amazon Prime. Prime. Amazon mm-hmm. Prime. Uh, if you have Prime, it's free to watch, honeys. So go check that out because we were looking. If for... not, that'd be worth a rental. You know, yeah, like, oh, whatever for sure. The, the, charges sure it was like, it was funny like three or four dollars totally worth it it was totally kind of saying it. goodbye to some things that happened in 2020 it was it was funny there's was another cute. one on netflix something 2020 that also does the same sort of thing um it's filmed sort of like a mockumentary that i enjoyed david didn't watch that one uh new year's eve we didn't do anything y'all we were in bed before midnight um and i felt great about that i'm not big on new year's how are you same yeah i don't i don't make a resolution because to me that implies we've done something wrong in the year previous that we need to make up for and i feel like we're going about our life and being the best human beings i'm speaking specifically for david and i like we try our best we put Mm -hmm. our best foot forward i like to believe we do um obviously there's always things i would like to do better and be better at um and more disciplined at and all that sort of stuff so i figure that's like a year yearly thing so i try not to put pressure on that in the new year what about you yeah, I mean, I I don't know. I think I feel like over like the last like 10 years I've just kind of like gotten over New Year's cuz it's it's I mean, I think it's about I I think reflection is good, you know, like heading into the new year, but I think there is a lot of that pressure to January 1st like just make I'm a gonna, change. I'm going to like read every day yeah. for like an hour and you know like which I mean, live your dreams if you can, if you can do that and I think focusing on something like I need to read more or I want to spend less time on like my phone, sure, that's something I'm going to try to do. Yeah, this but you year, do but... that throughout the year. I you always have moments where you're like, "Ooh, I'm going to like delete this app or do this." You're very good at like I mean, it's, yeah. to me it's like an ongoing process. So the pressure of it being on 
one day in the new year. And then it's sort of, it's just kind of like, I can't stand going to the gym in January because I know that's when a bunch of people are hitting the gym who are going to fall off at the end of January. And listen, all like props to people who are going for it and trying it. But I just get like that energy drives me crazy. Cause like, <laughs> right. No, no, it's, you know, I don't, I Champion. don't know. Um, but yeah, that, that's my take on new year. Was that a downer? My, I think it's a positive. I'm saying you yeah. can create new habits all year long and you can make efforts to be your best self and be the person you want to be all year long. You don't have to save it for the new year. I like to think that my true new year is our birthday. David and I actually share the same birthday. If you don't know what, what? same birthday, same year. We were born two hours apart. He's I'm older, o- older, but wiser, mm-hmm. um, older. So I like to look at that more as the new year and sort of setting new intentions. But even then, sort of the same thing. It's it's a year-round thing for me. But anyway, speaking of intentions, we have a beautiful guest on today. Ooh, yes, we uh, do. Beautiful in every sense of the word. She's smart. She's gorgeous. She's talented. All the things. Lauren D'Agostino. Um, she has a wonderful book out called Cooking with Essential Oils. And let me tell you about this gal. I met her. I was on a book tour for my last book, Epic Vegan, and I met her in a class in Boston. And it's so funny when you teach cooking classes you know right away who's gonna you know burn the pot cut their finger and also who's gonna sort of excel you kind of scan the room when you go through you meet everyone and i was like oh this one's gonna like just be full speed ahead um and she was she was impressing me through the entire class and at the end of course we start talking she's like well i have my first book coming out and i was like aha i knew it uh and she is brilliant lauren diagostino is a private plant-based chef intuitive cooking coach speaker and author helping people fall in love with plant-based food she serves high vibe vegan and gluten-free menus i love that high vibe high vibe vegan and gluten-free menus infused with doTERRA essential oils and recipes from her cookbook plant-based cooking with essential oils yeah she believes that everyone could benefit from eating and using more plants and works with their clients in three delicious ways. Uh, Lauren supports yoga instructors, energy healers, mindfulness and meditation teachers, wellness coaches, and holistic leaders. She is a graduate of the Institute of Integrative Nutrition, the Eisenberg School of Business at the University of Massachusetts Amherst, and the Patisserie and Baking Program at Le Cordon Bleu. Here she is, my friends, Lauren Diagostino. <laughs> Lauren, darling, hello and welcome. How are you? Hi, thank you. I'm so good. How are you? Uh, you know, I'm doing great. I'm hanging in one day at a time, I suppose, like everyone else. We're just, we're in it to win it, right? Totally. <laughs> well, let's <laughs> do our icebreaker question. For you, I have to ask, what's an incredibly common thing that you have never done or don't know how to do? Like a common thing that people do in their daily lives or a common thing like you're like, oh, I should learn how to do that. Everyone knows knows how to do that, that sort of thing. Yeah, totally. Play tennis is what came to mind first. I feel like Ah. it's such a common activity. And I, yeah, I could never figure out how to hit the racket to the ball effectively. Like it was just too heavy or I don't know. So well, tried now, it once, I think, and then never again. So <laughs> yeah, I feel like I have to change my answer. I remember here's the thing. My answer is actually swimming. But I learned how to do that in middle school and high school. But now when I'm in a pool or I'm at the beach or something, I literally just feel like I'm flailing about. And I was like, <laughs> I learned how to swim at one point. And then tennis, actually, I learned how to play in middle school. My husband, David, 
He loves tennis. He doesn't play it as much as he would like to, but like, I am clueless. And when it came to keeping score, I was like, what is this love stuff? What are we talking about? (laughs) And we would go to, when we lived in New York, David loved going to the US Open and I would go because it was, he gets so happy. And so of course, like, you know, the person you love, you see them so happy. You're like, yeah, I want to go and like watch you in your element. But I was sat there confused mostly the whole time, you know? Yeah. Except except for when tennis players got into it at the US Open. Then I was like, ooh, what's going on? There's drama. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I was here for it with that. Yeah, um, totally. So I want to know, you're a private chef and you also teach classes and workshops and you do private cooking instruction and you're in the New England area. This is correct? Yes. Massachusetts oh. is where ah. I live, but I have been doing a little bit of traveling with um, with the events that I've been doing. So I do- oh, great. Yeah, I'm right now doing vegan dinner parties for intimate groups, um, people who are comfortable with, you know, being around other folks, maybe especially during this time, like people who just don't want to go to a restaurant would rather have the restaurant come to them. So been having a lot of fun with that. I actually made your tofu scramble over the weekend. I was away with, um, with a group of friends cooking for them up in Vermont. Um, and they were it. raving. Yeah, they were raving about it. It was so good. And I used the leftovers from Saturday's breakfast. I used it on breakfast pizza on Sunday morning. So it was, it was Yes, with the breakfast. I love a breakfast <laughs> pizza. Oh, Vermont. Right? I'm so jealous. You're saying all the states I love right now. Yeah. Oh, I love Vermont <laughs> so much. I love that idea. I'm actually doing a dinner party um, this uh, Thursday. And I it was. It's kind of a one-off, but I. I actually now you're giving me ideas for sure. I. I should definitely be. I did. I used to in New York. I did private dinners all the time, but since I've been in Atlanta, I've had a, a more like sort of consistent sort of day job that I'm going to. So I haven't had the time to really think about. Um, well, plus COVID then hit, so I haven't had my time to like branch myself out a little bit. But I think it's time. I think the time. Yeah. Has come. Um, yeah. But I love that you're doing that. That must be such a great experience for people. You have such a nice, like, warm energy. It must be great. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun. Um, and I love giving people that experience. You know, for me, it's a three-hour, you know, a three-hour meal. Um, yep. But they get to enjoy multiple courses. And it's um, it's food that they might not have enjoyed before. Sure. Um, and they, they always leave the dinner or we get to the end of the meal and they feel satisfied, but not completely stuffed. They're amazed at the flavors that they tasted and it, you know, they enjoyed the whole experience and conversation with people and and the whole thing was completely vegan and plant-based. So I offer that as, you know, a one-off service for dinners for folks, but I also work with wellness retreat hosts to provide a whole weekend worth of those experiences. Yeah. On their, um, on their immersive experiences in the wellness space. So the food and my energy are a perfect fit for, um, for serving the food in that way, but also just having the conversation with, with people that are maybe intimidated by the thought of being plant-based or they just assume that it's, you know, going to be flavorless or, boring. And, you know, we both know that that's not true. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really cool what I've been up to lately. I love it. That's a great way to start the conversation too. I'm thinking back to dinners I've done where that's been that sort of, you get to the end and most of the people or all of them maybe in your case are not plant-based and they're just so blown away at the meal they just had. And and you kind of get to be like, yes, isn't that great? And it's like the food speaks for itself and it's, it's, it's an activist action in a way to move in the, the forward direction. It's so great. Yeah, yeah, it does, and I think equally as important is is the energy that we bring to mm-hmm. um, to the experience as you know as the hands touching the food and and handling it and the the energy and the passion and the love for it that we have is translated to the food and that's a big piece of it too, you know. So we're not in a 
a really stressed and angry kitchen space, you know, that you right. often see on, on TV. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, it's much more mindful preparation uh, with pure joy and, and love and gratitude going in. So I love it. You're speaking my language. (laughs) That's exactly what I'm all about. Well, you're in Massachusetts now. Did you grow up there? Is that where you're from originally? Yep. Yep, exactly. So um, I live in a town called Westford. It's just south of the New Hampshire border, um, which is great. I mean, it was a great place to grow up and I'm glad to be living here again. I lived for a little while in Orlando, actually working for Disney World and a couple of different um, food service um, companies, um, Whole Foods as well. and that's kind of where I came back around to being vegan. Uh, they have a huge vegan community there. Um, well, I was going to ask you when cooking sort of came into the picture for you. Yeah, yeah. So actually, my educational background in culinary is in pastry. Okay. Um, so wow. kind of the opposite end of yeah of what yeah. I'm doing now. Um, but I just I got really sick of. Um, once I learned more about food and especially sugar's effect on the body, like I just felt so guilty about making all of that stuff all day long. So, um, yeah, so I kind of pivoted into, um, into healthier food. I was working at Whole Foods Market at the time in Orlando, you know, eating nothing but cake scraps and soggy French fries from the waitressing (laughs) jobs that I'd had. And and I felt it though, you know, like I just felt crappy. My energy was low. My skin was full. Like I just, I was not taking care of myself. So I turned to food. I was so inspired by some of the people who I was working with, who I knew were vegan. And they just like had this thing about them. Like, okay, I need to look at this again, maybe for myself. But I knew that the transition to get to where I wanted to go for health and animal and environmental reasons, I knew I knew that it had to be a sustainable transition. So I took my time, was really graceful and forgiving of myself if you know I didn't make the perfect choice every time. Sure. Uh, and so that, so that was really a great... Um, personal experience. And now it's, it's much the same when I'm coaching other people through that transition, right? Like, where are you now? Where is it that you want to go? That would feel good for you. And and let's carve a path to get there. And it'll take however long it takes. Um, but it'll hopefully be sustainable and something that they stick with for forever because they notice how much better they feel. Right? I and think they, that's a yeah, that's a great uh, takeaway from this right now, listeners. Is if especially if you're just starting out or people are curious about it and they're asking you. I mean, the trick is to take it at your own pace. I think, and it sounds like you're going about it in in your coaching, just like it, it's from your own experience into coaching and taking it with you and teaching people just one step at a time and wherever you're at. Like, I just think that's the only way. Sustainable is the key, like you said. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So like I know, for example, the last food category for me to to quote unquote give up was mm-hmm. dairy. Mm-hmm. You know, dairy and eggs because that was the hardest. But yep. but it was it was it got easier to to make the vegetarian choice if I was out um out to eat or just shopping for things. You know, I would skip over the obvious sections that contain the food I wasn't eating anymore. Um and then and then when I really felt confident that it was important to me to choose the vegan option, then, you know, then I would, and I would seek out those businesses that had those options. Or I would say, you know, I'll have this such and such sandwich, but without the cheese, please. Or, you know, make those adjustments kind of as it felt more and more important to me. Yeah. Uh, dairy was my last one, but only because of cheese pizza. And I lived in New York and that was like, it, it was like you walk on the street, you're like, oh, I'm going to get a dollar slice. Like that, be, that was the last thing to go and the hardest thing, but not be out of being like, oh, I must have it. It was more kind of out of just like habit almost like nostalgic sort of habit of like, Oh, slice of cheese pizza, New York city. Uh, now we met when I was teaching a cooking class in Boston. I think I was on the book tour for Epic Vegan. 
Um, yeah. And you were so fierce in the class. I knew something was up with you. <laughs> and at the end, you revealed what you do. And I was like, okay, this makes sense now. Um, and of course, then you had a cookbook coming out, which is now alive and in the world, plant-based, vegan, and gluten-free cooking with essential oils. Tell me about essential oils. Why do you cook with them? And what prompted you to do to dedicate writing an entire book about the topic? Yeah, so I was introduced to essential oils um, several years ago now. And when I was first learning about them and um, and the company that um, that of the brand, you know, that I use, um, I felt completely in love with what they could do for us health-wise, but also what this brand, um, doTERRA, for anyone um, listening, just with with what they're doing in the world. They reminded me a lot of Whole Foods Market and the initiatives, you know, that they had in terms of supporting global communities and responsible sourcing and that sort of thing. So uh, they really pulled at my heartstrings in addition to just my my inclination to pursue natural products and wellness. Um, and then uh, in one of the afternoon sessions at this event that I went to, a gentleman in front of me turned around and we just got to talking and he, he mentioned that he cooks with the essential oils and that he uses basil essential oil in his pesto that he makes out of spinach and like he had no idea the seed that he was planting at the time. So, I, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm driving home. I'm like, oh, I'm like, this is cool. I can't wait to hit the internet and do this research to see what I can find for plant-based recipes that use essential oils. And to my surprise, I couldn't find very many that I was excited about that I felt like really fit the kind of food that I had been preparing or, you know, more the lifestyle that I was enjoying on a plant-based diet. And so, um, I thought, well, this is strange, but I guess I guess I'll have to just write a book myself. So selfishly, I kind of was yes. compiling recipes. Yeah. You know, different recipes that that I had come to really appreciate their convenience and their flavor in. So, you know, one of my favorite ones to use is ginger essential oil mm-hmm. because I can add that amazing flavor and those health benefits just by opening the bottle and dropping, you know, one or two drops into whatever I'm making, whether it's a sauce or maybe a smoothie or, you know, a marinade or something like that. Um, and same goes for some other ones that I love to use, like lemongrass, rosemary, cilantro. So they're super convenient. Their shelf life is, you know, five years. Um, and you just need a drop or two or even less than that in some cases. So, you know, a little goes a long way and they're super economical as well. So um, I've been having a lot of fun sharing, uh, you know, the different recipes and, and ways that you can add the oil to your food. Um, in a responsible way, of course. So. Yeah, it's um, jam-packed. The book is full of recipes. Speaking of the book and backtracking a touch, a question I always love to ask every guest is, what was the very first uh, plant-based cookbook you ever had? Oh, good question. I think it was one I grabbed in college. I was vegetarian for a little while. I went out to UMass Amherst um, in Massachusetts, which is Western Massachusetts is kind of a like a, a hippie crunchy sort of a sure. sort of a vibe. So I was really into sustainability and things back then. Um, and so I'd started to, you know, do some of my own research and, and the food and diet um, piece became a, a large part of, of that. And so the book is um, The Kind Diet, I think it's called by Alicia Silverstone. Oh, yeah. Yes, yes, <laughs> so, yes. yeah. So I loved, you know, and I'm, I'm such a nerd. I'm probably one of the only people that reads the beginning of the cookbook. That's like my favorite part. I think I love the recipes. My (laughs) friend Ashley of Rise Shine Cook, she literally, her book's coming out in January and she, um, the, the front matter of her book is so extensive and it's amazing. And I was like, wow, you really put 
so much into it. And she was like, well, I read the front of every, and she does. We, yeah. we went to culinary <laughs> school together. So you are not alone. And I know you two are not the only ones because I'm on the other end, like you're thinking, like I'm kind of look at it and I go, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Oh, I like that. I like that. I mean, now I read them a lot more extensively than I used to. Um, but I usually go right into the recipes and I'm looking through and seeing what's in there. But yeah, you're not alone. People do love to read the introductions and all of the information in the front. So you're not, not alone in that tone. Yeah. Yeah. There's always so much to learn from just, you know, from that person's experience or some, you know, some wisdom or story that they want to share. It's, it's always, I don't know, some hidden gems in there I have found. So, (laughs) and that, so, and I love that it's the kind, it's the kind diet, right? By, is it Alicia Silverstone or is it? Yes. Right. Yes. I think that's probably how you say it. Let's say friend of the pod. Let's say she'll be a guest on the pod. Let's manifest it. Friend of the pod. (laughs) Love it. Yeah. Um, Great. So that was your first cookbook, Essential Oils. And have you seen that documentary Unwell? I have not seen it, but it's it's on my radar. I was going to say, it's probably on your radar. There's some yeah. naysaying about essential oils in there, and I'm sure you've heard. Pe- it's like people sort of just like putting down the essential oil for cooking situation. Do you have, even though you haven't seen the documentary, what do you just have to say? Any 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 sort of response to that when people have anything negative to say about essential, essential oils for cooking? Yeah, so the, the most important thing to know, and this is true of anything that we use, is is what's the quality, right? Is it, is it the most pure? Um, is it produced with integrity? Um, and I think the reason why there's just sort of this, um, kind of generic caution around consuming essential oils is actually because around 75% of the oils that are available on the market, whether you find them on Amazon or, you know, in, in any retail outlet these days, right. You could get them at the grocery store. Um, 75% of those oils are not pure. They're synthetic. They're made in a lab. They have things added to them or taken away. So you're not really sure what it is you're getting. And so that's why they just kind of make those, um, you know, make those statements because most of what people will get their hands on are not of the quality that are fit for consumption. Um, But the truth is we consume essential oils every day. They're part of plants to begin with. Um, Just when they're distilled down into their pure essential oil essence um, is when we kind of need to use some common sense and responsibility and just sort of know what we're getting into, right? Like we always think some of a great thing is is nice. So more of that great thing is even better, right? But that's totally, totally not true. So um, it's all about being, you know, responsible and just sort of, I think like learning too, to, to listen to your body and, and what it's trying to tell sure. you. But I think so many of us are are just sort of like wandering through life not really listening to what our bodies are trying to tell us, right? We, we feel pain or we feel discomfort and we think it's normal or we just sort of play whack-a-mole with our symptoms, not right. really ever uncovering the root cause. And so, um, yeah, when, when you're in tune and in touch with your body in that way, it's really cool what, what kind of guidance it can give you. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's you're, – you're also talking about, you know, monitoring your consumption essentially and it's um, – that thing we think about, like people are so quick to hit the extreme button on something they think is a good thing. Yeah. So it's like, and you're saying, you know, like more is not always better. And I think that that comes into play here. People are probably cooking with it to some major extent that's not necessarily intended for that. Cause you're saying, you know, you'll make a stir fry or something and you'll put a, uh, or a smoothie and put like a drop of ginger in or something. Right. And that doesn't yeah. seem extreme to me at all. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And actually one drop of peppermint essential oil, just to give people a good idea of how potent they are, one drop of essential oil um, for peppermint is the equivalent of, I 
think it's something like 28 cups of peppermint tea. So when you think of like the medicinal value of peppermint tea, right? Soothing to the digestive system and all of that. So 28 cups of tea or one drop of essential oil is pretty remarkable how concentrated they are. We use a spearmint oil at um, Arden's Garden where I do recipe development now. And we use it in uh, a couple of the juices and it is so strong. You know, they use the tiniest bit and it goes the longest way. Um, cause it's so strong and it's so pure. Um, I used it to test something. And when I went to get it, one of my coworkers was like, be careful. <laughs> cause I had never used it before. And I was like, well, what do you mean? And the minute I opened it, I was like, oh, you know what? I think maybe this isn't, this is like, cause it was this huge bottle of it that literally lasts them so long. Cause like you said, it's a five year shelf life. But anyway, yeah. um, it, this last weekend I was, I was researching your book a little bit cause I knew I was going to chat with you. I decided to make the coconut curry green, uh, green cur- curry braised jackfruit and, it was so good. It was, yeah. I was able to like put it in the slow cooker too and just set it and forget it. And it was, uh, I was, I was like working and doing edits on the new book. So I was able to walk away and five hours later when I was done, I had dinner and it was the jackfruit was tender and delicious. And I was getting like the luscious decadent texture from the coconut milk and a little of the curry spice. And I used like the, the curry, I actually made the green curry paste from scratch from your book. Um, as the base that utilized the lemongrass and the ginger oils. So it was just nice. so easy, so flavorful. I was able to just drop it all. I made the the Thai curry paste in the, or the, the curry paste in the food processor and then just mixed everything else up in the slow cooker. It was awesome. Yeah. Oh, good. I'm so glad you loved it. Yeah, that's a good one um, because you get the, obviously the flavor in the food, but you also kind of get to enjoy the aromatherapy of the cooking process, right? Yes, absolutely. Well, what are some of your, what's a couple of your favorite main dishes from the book? Yeah. uh, The carnitas jackfruit is a popular one. Mm. Um, People are always amazed that it's not chicken. Um, What oils do you use in that one? Cilantro is in that one. Ah, Yeah. Yeah. So I, I saute uh, and kind of, you know, steam the jackfruit in, um, in a pan first to soften it up so you can shred it. And then it, it crisps up in the oven a little bit. And then once it comes out of the oven is when I drizzle on, um, the lime juice with the cilantro essential oil in it. So when you're cooking with essential oil, it's really important to think about how it will land in the food. So Mm -hmm. if you're adding it to something like a liquid, you know, like a smoothie or a juice or a soup, the essential oil will disperse evenly. But if you were, for example, to take cilantro essential oil and just drop it onto the jackfruit dish, it won't, it won't cover all of, of what it is you're wanting to add it to. So adding it to like adding it to, you know, a a carrier, either an oil or a carrier liquid or something helps to disperse the flavor initially. And then you can distribute it evenly over the whole thing. Now, what's the benefit? And this may be a strange question. I I mean, obviously the shelf life using cilantro oil, you, you can have the oil for five years, like you said. And so that's the benefit to using it over fresh cilantro. But is there anything else? Like, are you getting some benefits from the oil that you're not getting from using the actual herb? Oh, sure. Yeah. So cilantro essential oil is very good for heavy metal detox. Um, it's also good in helping people like emotionally to release control. <laughs> so it's one that I've oh, been using lately. I need 12 <laughs> bottles. Yeah. Yeah. So, so all of the essential oils will have, um, but wait, I'm going to pause you. Did you hear me just yeah. hit the extreme button right there? Right away. Yeah. I was like, give me 12 <laughs> bottles. Anyways, continue. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good point though. Right. It's like, yeah. it's so easy to do. Um, yeah. The citrus oils, those are going to be gently detoxing to our systems, which we all face 
you know, toxins and things daily, even if we are, and especially when we are trapped inside our homes, there's so many yeah. toxins within our homes that we need to detox from. So, um, you know, the, the citrus will, will provide that gentle detox, um, ginger, peppermint, or great for digestion. Um, yeah, there's, I could go on and on about all the different well, benefits. So I but- think I'm, I, I, what I'm curious about is that the form of the oil, as opposed to like the actual ginger root or the actual, the fresh ginger root or the fresh cilantro, are there benefits over using the oil, um, uh, like health benefits over it, or is it just that it's more, um, convenient and accessible, that sort of thing and the shelf life's longer? Yeah, it's a little bit of both. You will okay. get, um, yeah, you'll get some concentrated benefits because, you know, because it takes, um, I'm not quite sure how much of the herb it might take to distill to equal, down. I got what you're saying. I see. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, yeah. um, you know, it's, it might be something like 40 or 50 oranges, uh, are, are used to make one, you know, one yep. 15 milliliter bottle of essential oil, sure. which contains 250 drops. So, yep. um, so when you think of it that way, you know, not only are you getting a lot of power in the bottle, but you're also getting, um, a lot of bang for your buck because you only need a drop or two each time. Um, and then they last for, for a long time. Yeah. I love um, that. I love that they last for a long time. Um, yeah. I've got a couple little samples that you sent me that, you know, have just been, I, I use a little bit here and there and they're, they're tiny and they're, they're lasting me so long. Um, cover of this book. I, I think purple's becoming one of my new favorite colors. <laughs> You've got purple and green are prominent on here, but it's girl. It's so pretty. It's so beautiful. What is this bread on the cover of, of the book? What is the bread? What recipe is that? Yeah, that's the flower power pound cake with uh, lavender essential oil and geranium essential oil, actually. Um, and then it's got, it's a gluten-free vegan recipe. It's just kind of like a vanilla pound cake. Um, and then with those floral essential oils and some goji berries is what I put in that you'll see on the cover. Ah, um, and beautiful, yeah. beautiful edible flowers. Yeah. I couldn't resist when I went, I think I was at the market, um, you know, picking up the garnish for everything for the photo shoot um, that a good friend of mine helped me with. And um, so I said, oh my gosh, we have to get these flowers. And, And sure enough, it was one of our favorite shots that she took. So it was perfect for the cover. And it really, I think, you know, because there are flowers on there, it just kind of like has that whole vibe of, of what you, what you feel and what you think of when you think about adding essential oils to your food and to your life in general. Yeah, I love it. And edible flowers make everything pop so beautiful. And like it says on the front, high vibe life. So I get that vibe right away. Lots of beautiful photos throughout this entire book, which I love. And of course, listeners, you will love it too. Um, I mean, just some really, really gorgeous photos in here. And everyone loves a cookbook with photos. So that's always nice to see. Now, gluten-free, you were a pastry chef, which caught me by surprise. Were you doing (laughs) gluten-free pastries or you went gluten-free as you started sensing, uh, you know, a need to make a change for your body and your system and then you've stuck with it that came along with essential oils so we combine them in in one was it ever a thought to not make this an all gluten-free book or was that not a question for you it was definitely going to be gluten-free as well yeah so um so my my work kind of up until uh recently had not been gluten-free but i um i helped to kind of consult and and was a founding chef with uh, a local cafe here that's vegan and gluten-free um, and so that kind of opened my eyes to the challenge that exists. And I kind of knew of that um, from my time at Whole Foods that people would come in and ask all the time, do you have cakes that are vegan and gluten-free? And sure. unfortunately, the answer was usually no. 
Um, so I just kind of saw a need and I realized that, you know, we don't need gluten in everything. And, and so the recipes in this particular book, um, are designed to be supportive of as many people as possible. So of course in, you know, in one of the recipes, the flour power pound cake, for example, if you don't need to be gluten-free, you don't need to use the gluten-free flour combination, right? Or you could maybe just see that recipe and you could say, oh, well, I have a favorite pound cake recipe that I like. And I love this idea of just infusing it with essential oil. So it's kind of meant to be inspiration and information, um, if that makes sense. So, you know, and, and also in my experimentation process when working with this, um, with this business, I was amazed at how many recipes I would try that were vegan and gluten-free that just weren't great. Yeah. Um, so, so, you know, in the book, there's, there's recipes for a chocolate cake, a vanilla cake, a cheesecake, and they all, um, they all, I think were some iteration of, of kind of the best recipes that I had tried, um, personally. Um, and I try to be mostly gluten-free. Um, I find that I feel better. My skin looks better. My digestion is better. Um, but I do enjoy bread and sure. pizza from time to time. Many of those recipes actually come from your book. So ah. <laughs> when I swerved, ah. yeah. So. The Gluten King, Epic Vegan, yeah. is the, the, the glutinous <laughs> book of all. It's so funny. I would get the, are, are there any gluten-free recipes in this? I'm like, you can make a bunch of it gluten-free, but it's not. But in the new one, I will say I was very, because I got that question so much, I was very purposeful in, um, in all like all the bread recipes and stuff or anything coming up in the new one, I was like all purpose flour or gluten free all purpose flour. And at one point in editing, they were going to cut that away and just be like, well, you have a gluten free mention thing in the front of the book. I was like, no, no, I want to be specific in each recipe what the swap out is so that yeah. people can do. And that epic vegan there was like breads that rise and stuff. So it wasn't as easy but there's lots you can do in that anyway it's not about epic vegan i'm just saying you're right there's a lot of gluten <laughs> in that book honey um i made uh some sauces also uh from your book i made the oregano pesto and also the chimichurri i used the chimichurri on the bur- a burrito bowl i made and it just yeah it- i had actually only just had one common thing that people have probably had before they're almost 40 is chimichurri and i had not up until this last year someone sent me some from a brand they were uh creating and it was delicious so when i saw it in your book i was like "Ooh, i'm gonna make that um and it was just as delicious i remembered the one that i had and i was so excited because it was so easy to make it was like a food processor a little a a couple items and then just a a little uh splash of the oil and it was ready to go so tasty yeah good that's that's what it's all about right is is recipes that are easy yeah 100 (laughs) percent. i can't i literally can't imagine a burrito bowl without it now and i've got a little bit in the fridge and i'm already thinking about like how i'm gonna (laughs) use it now after we get off this uh call uh you also have tips and tricks peppered throughout the book a simple one was to add lemongrass to your stir fry um i know lots of people who buy books are wanting an exact recipe for stir fry but i loved this tip because i make stir fries all the time and this tip like it just to hit it with a dash of lemongrass, I thought it was genius. I was like, but wait, it's vegetables in a pan, and now I can just like give it a little splash. This is amazing. What are yeah. some other tips um, or one of your favorite things to give a dash of oil to in an effort to elevate it a little bit? Yeah, um, I love to add 
essential oils to um, kind of like to finishing sauces or to like if I'm baking, for example, to glazes or things like that. So, so sometimes when you bake with essential oils, the flavor will um, will become a little more muted as it's exposed to heat. So, you know, if you're making lavender cupcakes, for example, you might take a bite and it might not be as strong as you were hoping. So that's an opportunity to add the essential oil into what you might continue to put on whatever the item is. Um, what else do I do with them? Um, cause I'd imagine it, just like with any cooking in general, when you're not writing a book, you're kind of now you're an expert at using essential oils. So you're kind of using it at whim. So I'm just curious, like on yeah. your daily, it sounds like maybe you add it to smoothies and stuff like that. I, yeah. Know? Yeah. I, I really love to add the oils to salt just, you know, and I have like various little, um, you know, small containers that I've got kind of different flavor combinations going. Um, but I love to add it to salt because from there, I can sprinkle a little bit of salt onto something like a power bowl or, or onto something like a stir fry or a pasta dish. And I can get that saltiness, but also amazing flavor um, without, you know, potentially running into the issue of using too much essential oil, which sure. would like knock you into flavor town, which sometimes is like makes for an unedible or inedible dish. Sure. <laughs> how do you, so how do you add it to salt? Yeah. So I'll just put, um, a tablespoon or two into like a, a small dish or a ramekin or something, and then add one drop of essential oil and just use the back of a spoon or a tablespoon to okay. kind of disperse it. And so it looks a little bit wet. Um, and then you'll just want to keep the leftovers covered and then you can smell it if the, if the essential oil has, um, you know, kind of evaporated out of it because they are volatile aromatic compounds, you know, they won't last in there for forever. Sure. Um, but it's it's just such a convenient thing to reach for, and then it allows you know it allows you to cook once, whether you're you know batch cooking a bunch of roasted veggies or sweet potato or sort of whatever your jam is in your meal prep, and then it allows you to experience different cuisines from all the basic ingredients in the prep you've already done. Um, one of the things that I that I talk about in a in an online course I have coming out is is the idea of of not eating the same thing every day as you're doing your meal prep, right? Like that sounds like some form of torture to, to prep one thing, to have the same for lunch, you know, every day. So, so by using the essential oils and these different seasoning salts, many of which are in the book, it allows you to experience a different, you know, a different global cuisine each night, um, which was really fun. Yeah. Without like, like major effort, really. Totally. Like, like you yeah. kind of have, if you, if you have, if you have like a supply of oils, it's kind of like you can try, like you said, a bunch of different global cuisine cuisines. And that really is at like the tap of a bottle. Yep, exactly. That's amazing. Well, yeah. what, what about breakfast in the book? Any, any standouts for breakfast you want to mention? Yeah. Um, kind of back on the smoothies. It's been really fun to add them to smoothies and juices. Um, because you get, you know, that amazing flavor of the ginger essential oil, for example, and, you know, notoriously ginger really can beat up a juicer because of the, you know, the fiber and, right. you know, fresh ginger juice is amazing for you, but it's not always possible or you don't always have the time, um, you know, to, to spend cleaning it out. So you can get amazing flavor just using the essential oil that way. I'm trying to think what else. There were plenty of like quick bread style things. Um, okay in there for breakfast. I don't think I really did too much in the way of savory breakfast. Um, that'll be in the next one. 
I love it. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Uh, and I want to know about, you did mention some sweets. So I just want to know, because I have a crazy sweet tooth and honestly, I'm staring. I want to make this bread on the cover of this book so bad. I'm just, what is the frosting on the cover of that book? Yeah, so that is uh, made with coconut butter. Oh. And yeah, coconut butter, maple syrup, a little bit of hot water. Um, I think I use the plant-based, you know, green food coloring. Um, and then a little bit of geranium essential oil. Um, so that's now. Yeah, that's a great alternative for the powdered sugar icing that sure. is typical of of those kinds of things. So um yeah, I really wanted the the recipes to be as wholesome as as possible, not really depending too much on refined sugar, um, you know, any of those types of things. So it really is a high vibe um high vibe experience throughout inclusive of dessert (laughs) absolutely well so i i kind of cut you off from telling me more about dessert because i got obsessed with the frosting (laughs) um which is just on brand for me to get obsessed with frosting what um so and you mentioned cheesecakes previously you said lavender cupcakes are those in here they should be yep in the lavender section oh wait Um, earl gray tea cake honey okay so tell me what's a dessert then i'll stop cutting you off i'm just getting so excited (laughs) yeah um one that i really love is the the peppermint cacao cheesecake Mm. especially like thinking about the holidays dare i say coming up yep um so that's a really good one i also really love though just a slightly over roasted sweet potato with like Mm cinnamon bark whipped cream coconut whipped cream um you know kind of like a play on potato pie yeah um which actually the cinnamon bark i should say this this happens in some of the essential oils where the cinnamon bark essential oil does not taste like ground cinnamon it tastes more like red hot candies if you remember those so um, it's not always an equal swap so you know (laughs) for anyone who's curious about um, you know, some different applications for these essential oils. The, the recipes that I've outlined in the book are, are really meant to give you a good idea of how they are best used in the flavor that they provide, given, you know, given the part of the plant that they come from. Sure. Um, and it's also meant to kind of be a jumping off point too, to, to spark creativity for other flavors that people might enjoy, right? I mean, I think, I think a huge part of, of learning how to cook in the plant-based way is just sort of discovering what works for you and what doesn't work for you. So if there are ingredients in the recipe that you hate or something that you feel like you want to add because you love it or, you know, creatively that's where you want to go, go for it. It's right. just, just meant to be kind of a starting point. Um, I'm, I'm totally a rule breaker by nature and, and Good recipes for you. Are, yeah, recipes are just guidelines most of the time. Although sometimes as we know, you have to follow them to a T or your bread won't rise or, you know, sure. I mean, that, I like but. to say, um, you, you have to learn the rules in order to break them. So learn the totally. rules first and then <laughs> get into breaking them and just play with your food and get in the kitchen and do the crazy stuff that you want to do. And if it turns out not so great, then you know better for the next time. Um, exactly. This book is conveniently split into categories for herbal oils, spice oils, mint oils, citrus oils, and floral oils. Would you say you have a favorite category of oil to cook from or oil to use? Oh, yeah, probably the herbal ones. I think I use those the most. Um, Some of my favorites from that section would be basil, rosemary, cilantro, um, thyme even is a great one. Mm. Um, Oregano is nice as well. That one is fun to cook with, but really just awesome to have, um, on hand for, for health 
things. You know, oregano is such a powerful antiviral, antibacterial. So especially with, you know, everything that's kind of been happening as of late, um, it's just nice knowing that I have these oils on hand for health at my fingertips, but also that, hey, I can cook with these too. So well, and you know what, um, in writing this book, I'm curious because it, when I feel when we do things like this, we're, we're writing what we know, right? But then there's an, also an element on our end as authors where we're curious about something. So, yeah. you know, you feature so many oils in this book. Did you find there was an oil that you dove deeper into that surprised you or something that you didn't necessarily care for before that suddenly is now like one of your favorites? Like, is there something in it that caught you off guard when it came to cooking with oils? Yeah, for sure. So the spice section, um, many of the oils in there, I had not really cooked with much before. So that was kind of a, a learning curve, um, you know, in discovering the flavor that they add. So I mentioned the cinnamon bark, for example, um, and even clove, that one tastes a lot like clove, but it's really, really strong. Sure. Uh, so, so just sort of learning from you know, learning from the oils as, as crazy as that sounds, but kind of in the way that, uh, in the way that they want to be paired with food. And then I also included in the beginning of each section, some different, you know, holistic health uses of these oils. So for the person who loves rosemary, for example, and wants to cook from that section, a couple of the recipes or be inspired to add the oil to other things, they can look in the beginning of the herbal section and, and say, Hey, well, I've got this rosemary essential oil on hand because I love cooking with it, but what sure. else can it do for me? Um, so it's, yeah, it's, I'm a big fan of, you know, the multi, multi-purpose, um, ingredients. So essential oils are certainly no exception in my house. Yeah. You give a, you definitely give details in, in throughout the book about the different sorts of oils and spices and herbs and stuff like that, which I, I love about this book. It's not just a list of recipes. It's very informative, but do you find that you're cooking? I know like, do you cook every day with essential oils, uh, especially now after writing the book, or are you like, Oh, I need a break from that. Or like, is it part of your everyday life? Yeah, not always. Um, it just kind of depends. It depends what's, what's sort of going, I guess. Um, depends a couple times. Cooking. A yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, definitely. I love to add them. Like I said, to the salts or even just to, you know, to an olive oil or something or to a vinegar. Sure. Um, so yeah, I, I use them a couple times a week, at least definitely as I'm doing different things in the kitchen. Um, but I use them in, you know, in personal care daily, multiple times a day. They're with me at all times. Um, yeah, they're what's amazing. A, um, what's a, a vinegar that you've done that you like? Like what's, what sort of, vi- what's, can you suggest like a, a best vinegar base to use that pairs well with essential oils? Yeah. So a combination that I love a lot that, um, that dinner guests and and clients really love is balsamic vinegar with rosemary essential oil and fresh garlic. Uh, so there's a recipe in that section for um, to make that as a marinade for portobello mushrooms, and it is amazing, especially if you leave it in the fridge and like kind of forget about it for a couple of days. Sure, um, it's it's phenomenal. Um, yeah, and then you know some of some of the citrus essential oils if you don't have citrus juice you know, if you're, you're kind of making a recipe or you're sort of doing your thing in the kitchen and you think, oh, I'd love to add lime juice to this recipe, but shoot, I don't have any fresh limes. If you have lime essential oil and some neutral vinegar, like a rice vinegar or a white vinegar, perhaps, um, you know, you can use the essential oil with a little splash of vinegar for that acidity because the essential oil doesn't actually contain the citric acid. It just has that zesty flavor. Um, so I found, you know, if I'm making a, a marinade or a dressing, 
in a pinch, that's something that I can use as a substitute, um, which has saved the day very, very many times. Oh, I bet you're making me sort of just want to always have a little bottle of lemon essential oil on me at yeah. all times. I'm like, oh, for that time, I just need a lemon. Do you yep. have any advice for what vinegar would pair west best if I wanted to make a basil lemon vinegar? Ooh, yeah, probably like a white wine vinegar. Great. Um, Asking for a friend. Vinegar. Asking for yeah. a friend. Clearly, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Um, now, uh, for someone just starting out with essential oils, what would what would your advice be if someone's just starting out with essential oils? Yeah, so people who are just starting out, um, you know, number one, you want to make sure that you're getting your oils from a reputable supplier. So I mentioned the ones that I use come from DoTerra. Um, I'm more than happy to connect with anyone listening who would like to learn more about how to get those in their home. Um, you know, but if, if you're thinking about using essential oils, um, it's really important with anything, I think too, to understand why, why you want to use them or what you want to use them for. Right. So, you know, do you want to cook with them? Are you curious about using them to help you sleep at night or for the digestive trouble that you're facing or because of, you know, respiratory challenges that you're having. Um, yeah. So, so kind of part of, part of my brand and and the service that I provide to people is, is inclusive of, you know, plant-based lifestyle and using essential oils for natural wellness. So I am 100% available to have, um, complimentary one-on-one conversations with people um, who feel like they're ready for essential oils, who maybe want to learn more um, or simply just get started with them. Like, you know, I was familiar with essential oils for a couple of years before I found doTERRA, but I was just blown away by the quality, by the mission um, and just how heart-centered they are and just the difference that they're making in the world. So it's super cool to be a part of and now to be sharing, um, sharing the book. So I've got kind of lots of Bases covered. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you have a collection here, a collection of great recipes, and you are clearly a wealth of knowledge. You were talking about an online course earlier. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, yeah, sure. So, um, so throughout, well, I guess really in the last couple of years, something that I noticed as I was doing more, um, you know, more private dinners and more wellness retreats, at the end of those events, you know, people are asking, how can we learn more from you? Or can you come and be my private chef? And, right. and so my, my philosophy, though, is, is always to teach someone how to do something instead of do it for them. Sure. Um, but, you know, I do it for people as part of, you know, the service that I provide. So anyway, so I, I knew that I wanted to create this way for people to keep learning. And, and what I experienced in my own transition was, was just really a shift in a couple of the things that I was doing in the kitchen differently. So I was chopping a lot more. Um, you know, I was, I was being a little bit more planful, um, as far as what I was freezing, how I was prepping ingredients and then how I was kind of recycling them to use in, in different ways. And so, so the course is designed for the person who doesn't really have a lot of kitchen confidence, um, for the person who is intimidated by the endless Pinterest board of recipes, <laughs> you know, or like myself, it's like, I love I love to look at those things, but I mean, so often I would collect recipes and then never go back to them. So I, I really wanted to teach people how they could access their own 
their own intuitive genius sure. to really like be in their kitchen in the moment and feeling what their body wants to eat based on how they're feeling, how their activity level had been that day, what the weather is outside, and based on what they have in their homes. I think so many people throw away food Agreed. that yes, that, that either has spoiled or that they they think has gone bad but really hasn't, or they're just not really thinking about how they can combine ingredients in, in different ways. And so the course is 20 modules, um, and they're all familiar food categories. So you know, quesadillas, tacos, salads, power bowls, salad dressing, um, soups and stews, stir fry, pasta, all these different things that you can enjoy on a plant-based diet. You just have to sort of up-level your ingredients or you just have to understand what is actually happening when you're, when you're cooking that recipe. Right. So, so that's what the course aims to do is, is show people and, and just share this um, this other kind of mindset, um, you know, in, in your kitchen, this, this other way of, of thinking about the prep and the the ingredients you stock and, um, just setting yourself up for success too, and bringing more of that confident, deserving, loving mindset to your food preparation. I love it. Where can people find the course? So the course is not yet available, but any details will be shared to um, shared to people via my website. So if if anyone listening is curious about um, the details for when it's released, and I'll have some um, some early bird incentives that will include some essential oils, and um, they can get more information. Yeah, laurendagostino.com. That's great, and um, we'll have your uh, website in the description of the episode as well, so everyone can look perfect. there. Now, what is something? This little section we call the book brag. Book brag. What is something that has happened for you because of this book that you're proud of, or something you'd like to brag about? It's all you. Brag away. Oh, um, oh, I don't know. Um, I mean, this <laughs> conversation with you is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> There's got to uh, yeah. be something better than this. Um, yeah, it's, it's just been really cool to, um, to, to see the feedback or, or to hear how, how much people are really enjoying it. Um, I've had so much fun sharing it with the millions and millions of doTERRA customers worldwide and and with the leaders in the company. Yeah. So yeah. How's their response been to it? It's probably been so uh, enthusiastic, I would imagine. Yeah. Yeah. People are really, um, really enjoying it because it, it's such a compliment to the natural wellness that people seek when they want to use essential oils, right? right? And the the plant-based diet is such a foundation for allowing them to work in the best way possible. Um, And the book is really a celebration of the oils themselves kind of by way of, of plant-based diet. Um, so. I love that. That's great. Well, listen, we've got your baker's dozen here. This is our rapid fire question round. Are you ready? Yes. (laughs) Great. Here we go. Number one, what are you binge watching right now? Ooh, I was watching happy endings, but I finished. All right. I loved that. How many seasons did you do? Three. Ah, it should have kept going. I know. So funny. But it was also, to me now in retrospect, I look back and I'm like, wasn't it friends without a studio audience? <laughs> I mean, totally. just, just putting that out there. Um, yeah. Food on a skewer or a tiny spoon? Ooh, skewer. There you go. Favorite kitchen tool? Mm, food processor. 
Nice. What's on your nightstand right now? Rose essential oil. Ah, uh, favorite sauce on pasta? Pesto. Go to COVID snack when in isolation? Chips and salsa. Nice. Socks in the house or barefoot? Oh, barefoot. All right. Favorite spice that's not an oil to cook with? Mm, cumin. Favorite vegetable and why? Oh, lately it's been cauliflower because mm. it doesn't make as big a mess as broccoli. Ah, that is like so when you cut true. it, you know? <laughs> it still makes a mess, but not as big of a mess as broccoli. You're so right. I literally yeah. have been cutting a lot of those recently for a big recipe thing that I'm doing at work. And every time I'm like, God, broccoli's so messy. Messy. Yep. <laughs> um, if you could live in any country, where would you live? Mm, Costa Rica. A TV game show you think you would excel at? Oh, Wheel of Fortune. Nice. What is your most used emoji? Oh, so many. I love emojis. But lately, it's been, it's been the angel halo one. <laughs> oh, good, good, good. That's sweet. That's good. Uh, as a child, what did you want to be when you grew up? A chef. Nice. You did it. That's your rapid fire. Yeah. And look at you, chef. Uh, so, Lauren, thank you so much for being here. Tell us where everybody can find you and learn more about essential oils, the online course, everything. Yes, everything is found on laurendagostino.com. And Dagostino is D A G O S T I N O. And my Instagram handle and same name on Facebook is at Chef Lauren Dagostino. I love it. Thank you so much. You guys go get plant based, vegan, and gluten free cooking with essential oils by Lauren Dagostino. Thank you again for being here. What a delight. You were wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It was so fun to chat with you. I appreciate it. Talking, talking about high vibes. High vibes with oils. Oh, I love that. And I love that. Uh, my One of my biggest questions I wanted to get to with her was like, do you cook with oils all the time? Because that seems sort of bananas. She's like, no, I cook with all this stuff, which I love. Sure. Um, but my biggest thing that I, I take away from this with her is the intention behind cooking and the high vibes, which I love. I've always been, and you know this, David, and anyone who's ever taken a cooking class with me or worked on a team with me, I I dance around the kitchen. I laugh. I believe the kitchen is supposed to be joyful. Um, when I walk into a kitchen... Sings. What's that? Oh, oh, sing, sing honey. Yes. That music got to be playing. Mm-hmm. Um, when I walk into a kitchen and everyone's stressed out and scared of the chef, I'm immediately like, this place is not for me. Um, it, it's disheartening to me because I believe food is meant to be joyful. It comes from 100. a place of joy. And when people get those plates that you prepared in such a manner, uh, a joyful manner, that is, uh, with intention... I think it's a different experience for the person even at the table eating it. 100, 100. I mean, I I came from a very Italian family, and that was, there was so much love and joy and fun. Mm. Like, because you would like, I mean, uh, my grandma, uh, my mama, Vita, um, she would be cooking all day, and people would be coming in and out, and she would be constantly be serving and laughing. I love that. and, And you can, you can taste that like you can feel that energy as you are enjoying the meal um and it just you know cooking with intention um 
it's great that she's so centered on that. She and, is. And I love of, it. That's great. And it's her philosophy with her uh, students as well. Yeah. Well, speaking of high vibe, what's the high vibe Dustin's dish? Oh! Dustin's dish. What a dish. Well, mm. I don't know how high vibe how high how high vibe and I'm getting here, but um what I want to talk about is the grilled stuffed burrito honey. Oh. You know what I'm oh, talking this about? This is one of my favorite my favorite tips of yours. My favorite uh, dishes. Well, because every time I, we have a burrito, I'm like, hold on. So, you know, you're making a wrap. You're making a burrito. You know, Taco Bell has always had their grilled stuffed burrito. I always, I always love that crunch, crunchy outside with the warm, pillowy inside, right? So just spritz a little cooking oil on a hot skillet and then place that burrito seam side down on the skillet, mm-hmm. let it grill for a minute or two, flip it over, grill it for another minute or two. You got yourself a crispy burrito, a grilled stuffed burrito. It is delicious, quick and easy way to just elevate that burrito really quick. Uh, and that's Dustin's dish. Another thing I want to talk about since we're in the brand new year, 2021, honey, anybody trying veganism for the first time? Let's Veganuary. raise our hands here. Veganuary, here we are. There's a great team, uh, Tony Okamoto and uh, Michelle Kane. They have... Uh, uh, plant-based budget meal plan out. So you can check that out at at vegan, which is Michelle Kane's um, Instagram or plant-based on a budget, which is Tony's Instagram. Both of those will give you the link to the plant-based budget meal plan. And you can buy one week, two week, three week, or four weeks or four weeks with snacks and little stuff like that to help you sort of Ooh. keep it vegan in the plant-based new year or or the new year that will now be plant-based for you but it's a great starter guide these two are fantastic they're supportive they're encouraging they also have a new cookbook out called the friendly cookbook they're going to be on the podcast in a few weeks we've done the interview already they're so so lovely and so supportive they're the perfect people to help you go vegan so it's plant-based on plant-based on a budget uh, well, it's the plant-based budget meal plan, and you can go to uh, plant-based on a budget on Instagram or at vegan on Instagram and look at either Michelle or Tony's accounts, and you'll be able to uh, purchase that. I just want to suggest that I actually bought it for my sister because she's always asking me uh, of tips and tricks to go vegan, and so I bought it for her. I'm really excited about it. I took a look at the PDF, and it really, really is a great uh, starting point for anybody who is interested in going vegan in the new year. Yeah, and go for it. Do you have any it's tips for anyone going vegan in the new year, David? Um, start small. I would yeah. say start small. You'd be surprised if you're looking for like what's at your local grocery store. There's a lot more probably than than you think. You know, and if you are hankering for a burger, there's Impossible, there's Beyond. I mean, there's there's so many options out there that you can kind of grab and, and give it a try. I love that. Start small. Well, you heard it here. Listen, please rate, review, and subscribe. We'd be oh so grateful for that. It's very helpful. And we'll be ba- we will be back with another episode next Tuesday. Happy New Year to you. Keep on cooking. And remember, it's nice to be nice. This has been a Muzzy Cat production. <laughs>